Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig. I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And Dave Watson. Hello. Charlotte de Dujan. What's her name? Dujardin. Charlotte Dujardin has just won a medal. At, um, gold. Gold. At gay horse dancing. <laughs> is that what it is? It's the prancing. Not prancing. Uh, horse. Horse controlling. <laughs> horse manipulation. <laughs> yeah. She... <laughs> That's that's the main news. That's what yeah. Paul's just told me that uh, five seconds before we started the podcast. I thought we needed something positive. That's good. So, do, so it's her horse, or does she have to pull? Do them re- the horses? Did they meet the horse at a nightclub? They it's have a to rental pull the horse, horse. <laughs> and then they have a dance with the horse. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good news, isn't it? Start on high. Well, there's been a, a a lot of golds, hasn't there? Yeah. England, Britain are doing Britain. very well. Sorry, England. Well, it's the whole. Last night when Andy Murray won, I watched that. Yeah, the commentator. No one picked him up on it. The commentator said, and he goes over to a group of English fans. In oh, the... I saw that. And they were in kilts and like <laughs> yeah. thingy hats. Yeah, <laughs> Tamashanters. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Anyway. All right. So should we? I mean, does I anyone want, want to no, talk about football? It's not, not massive. Football. Well. I don't know. It's still early in the season. Do you want to do a movie <laughs> review instead? Like, yeah. yes. do that again, yeah. Panic! <laughs> Is it time to panic? No. So, uh, Newcastle played their second game of the season mm-hmm. at home to Huddersfield. We lost it 2-1. The reverse of the prediction that myself and Dave made last week, which is a 2-1 Newcastle victory. Mm-hmm. Dave, is it time to panic? No. No. And I can I can tell you why. Um, just okay. Few... When when just before you start, yeah, I want you to be aware that already this season is taking the form of last season's podcast, in which we have a poor start to the season, and you <laughs> tell us really casually, no, it's fine, it's going to be absolutely fine, and then that continues throughout the whole season. Right. There's differences. Okay. 
Tell me about it. 2015-16, uh, Burnley didn't win a match until their fourth game, and they went on to win the league. Win the league. Uh, 2014-15, uh, Bournemouth only won nine points from their first eight game, games, which included a six-game winless streak, went on to win the league. Leicester only won three of their first five games in 2013-14 before going on to win the league. 2012-13, Cardiff only won four of the first seven, only one win in their first three, and only won one of their last seven, yet still won the league. 2011-12, Reading lost four games in a row in their opening six matches, and they went on to win the league. Now is not the time to panic for Newcastle fans, especially when still don't have our first team out. You're looking um, at different stats to me. I've got different. Well, okay. What I've got is 2006-7, Newcastle, uh, no, um, Sunderland. Mm-hmm. Always get them two mixed up. Which ones? <laughs> <laughs> Sunderland Very lost. similar. Yeah, Sunderland lost their first four games. Yeah, so, look... I, you know, these like are the exceptions fi- to the rule, aren't they? Mm, not They're really. Quite I mean, a lot just, of exceptions. Normally, you have one exception that proves the rule. Okay, this is like so this is seven. encouraging. Yeah, I think so. The fact that Every we've lost the first two season, games is good. <laughs> yeah, well, I think there's a time... It's not about hitting form at the beginning of the season. Like, quite look at Brighton last season. They were unbeaten for how many games, and everybody was saying they're going to walk with it walk away with the league and they ended up in the playoff places yeah Derby did that a couple of years ago yeah people people tail off and you've got to remember that there's you know there's there's still a hundred and was it 132 games uh, 132 points left to play for that's a long season that'd be fantastic we need a bigger squad yeah 132 points still to play for so we could we could lose another 10 games and still get over 100 points, which is more than enough to win the league. I'm not saying that we're going to do that because that would require us to win literally every game by the time we lose. I'm saying that it's not time to panic yet. We still don't have our first team out. We're still making new additions to the squad. There's reasons to be concerned, like the defence is still a, w- a worry. Because I think we- the defence, midfield and attack are all a worry. <laughs> but Matt Ritchie seems to be a positive... Matt Ritchie's a positive. I think Hayden's a positive. I think um, I think that uh, Mbemba and Lascelles and Hanley. I'm not sure. Like Lascelles, I, mean, I don't want to blame anyone. I think there is too much blame already going around this yeah. early in the season. But Lascelles, of the three goals we've conceded this season, two of them have been due to him like messing up quite basically as a defender. Yeah, but uh, then it's that it's that. It's the ancient truism that when, when an average defence, which I think we have, uh, is put under more pressure because the midfield aren't doing their job and the attack aren't doing their job, I think the, 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 the frailties of a defence are laid bare. I think we've, got, we've still got the strongest squad in the league. I, still don't, I think the biggest problem is that we're not balanced yet. We, don't, we haven't played with a, a proper right winger. We've been playing with a defensive midfielder at right wing for the first two fixtures. Yeah, Vernon Anita is not a winger. No. I think the two games we've had have proven that. And I'm not saying Rafa's devoid of um, uh, criticism, because, Jesus, like, Vernon Anita has never in his life been uh, an attacking right, right-sided midfielder. We should be playing with somebody. I said, I said last, week that, uh, last, yeah, last week that we should be playing... I mean, Sodic played Gufran from the start on the, on the wing. Um, and he, yeah, didn't... Aaron started, didn't he? Yeah, he was substituted at half-time because he was fair... Well, not anonymous, but worse, just failed to 
beat anyone at any point. So, hang on, did... Matt Ritchie came on for him. Matt Ritchie had a knock before the start of the game, because yeah. it was doubtful. But I think, in Matt Ritchie, we've seen what can happen if we have a decent winger. Because there's something bigger, I think, that the system doesn't seem to suit most of the players we've got. The 4-2-3-1, it's fine for in the Premiership if you're looking to soak up pressure and counter-attack, but we just fall into that trap we've done for the last few seasons where it's hoofing the ball up from the back to a tiny yeah. striker. There's some blame here, isn't there? I mean, it's, we've had a... Ruff has been in for a, a, for a couple of months before the pre-season. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, shouldn't we be better prepared by now? We've clearly not made the signings we need to. I don't know if you blame Rafa for that or whoever else. Maybe Charnley, I'm not sure. We've needed a left-back for ages. We've still not got one. We need another winger and a striker. Yeah. And whether it's just proving hard to get that done, I'm not sure. The annoying thing is we've done the same at the start of most seasons and normally the manager gets a lot of stick. I think it's good that Rafa isn't. But Mm. I think he's getting a bit too much... Not leeway, but there's this view that this feels a lot like the start to last season with McLaren, and yet we're all saying it's going to be fine. I think it will be as well. So, I've talked myself out of that position because I think <laughs> Rafa Benitez is a far better manager than anyone we've had recently. I, I was going to say that I, I don't think it's an issue with, with Rafa Benitez. I think it's an issue with the players that he's currently got available to him because for whatever reason, he's not picking... Uh, Jesus Gamas, Gamez, who's supposed to be like a, a fullback who can play mm. either side, and he's not picking. Um, well, he was he, he couldn't play Richie from the start because he picked up a knock. Yeah, um, and I think if he if Richie had started, I think we would have started more on the front foot, which would have um, I think it would have helped our cause a lot. Yeah, uh, I think there were some weird positional decisions though. Mm-hmm. Playing uh, Diame as a number ten and Shelby as a sort of deep-lying midfielder. There doesn't seem to be any creativity in our midfield. I was quite surprised that Shelby got a start. After, after the Fulham game, yeah. But then who, who would you pick as a creative deep-lying player ahead of Shelby? Genie Wilnaldon. Okay, well, A, that's not his position. B, he doesn't play for us anymore. I know, sorry, and I was C, being facetious. Being facetious. Um, not that but I think Diame's never really played... Number ten anywhere. I'd, oh, I know. would like to see Shelby further forward because he does. The problem with Shelby when he's at the, as a defensive midfielder is he tries fifty or sixty yard passes, like the one that came off against West Ham last yeah, season. Yeah. But he doesn't do simple balls there. Here's something that occurred to me, which uh, on the way to the podcast, which I should have looked up and found the answer to. Did uh, Rafa's time at Liverpool coincide at all with? Shelby's time at Liverpool. He signed him, I think, but never actually had him. It was just before he left. So I was thinking that Rafa didn't like Shelby, but actually maybe they have a history. Well, and he... well it could be that he he signed a player on the promise of the, the the potential player he could become. Sure. And then was let down by it because honestly, I I, I think and I, it's it's a it's a it's a point that I, it, I struggle to put across because it's it's hard to. But basically, if um, if Janmark makes that run, uh, bursting forward into space, Shelby can find him. But if Perez finds the gap, finds the space, Shelby struggles with that a bit more. Whereas the, the best comparison I can make is Kabai. 
when we had Kabai, Kabai could launch the ball forward and Demba Bar could volley at home uh, against Norwich, I think it was. Like, the, the long ball on, onto foot. Yeah. But Shelby, uh, sorry, Kabai could also pick the ball up in the middle of the park and play a, a ball directly forward from him to meet the, the run that Cissé was making, the horizontal run he was making against Swansea, I think it was. Shelby can't do that. He, he's not a creative player. He's almost like he's got the skill set to find a player in yeah. space, but he doesn't have the ability to put a ball through and encourage the run. He, he doesn't. He, he doesn't, doesn't have create. the vision or the imagination. Yeah, that's it. That's it. But I think yeah. at the moment as well, his teammates don't have the movement. Like we seem true, a yeah. very static team. Mm. We, I think that we still feel like a bottom half of the Premier League style. We feel like West Brom in a way, where we're set up to be like, you come and attack us and we'll try and hit you on the counter. Mm. Whereas Newcastle and the Championship can't do that. No, well, we, a, we have look, to try and break teams down. 52,000 in yeah, for yeah. the first home game of the season, which is incredible. But what it also says is that, uh, unfortunately, perhaps, we are the big scalp Absolutely. of the Championship. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I don't think that sounds deluded or arrogant. I no. think that we are. There's 52,000 in for a home game. So it's a big deal for teams when they're going to come to St. James's. Well, well I both... think if you look at last time we went down, we played like a team that was a big scalp as well. Whereas now we're, we seem to be playing to soak up pressure or nullify teams. I think I agree, we, there's, yeah. there's just a lack of invention. A lot we of it is getting... these players haven't played together. It's very early still. Yeah, I, don't I think... think it's all about momentum as well. As soon as you start to get a couple of wins, you get confidence. Suddenly players like Hayden, who's not really taking anyone on and just doing like square passes and passes. Hang back. on a second, because Hayden's not supposed to play forward balls. He's essentially a Czech Teote type of player where he receives the ball under pressure, shifts himself a bit and then gives it off to a more creative player. In the Premier League, I think that's fine, but he, we've bought him to be good enough to be more than one thing in the Championship. Well, I, think there's, I don't think you can really afford to just have someone who's there to break up play in the Championship. I, th- I, think, I think you need it, to be able to do more. I if, think you can, can't you? Isn't that a fundamental of football? A lot of the best sides have that kind have of specialists player. but I think yeah. you'll look at like a Scott Parker type he's kind of there to do that but he'll also like create moves well he, he will but only when the, the players around him are making the, the forward moves <laughs> or the uh, excuse me or, or like find, finding space I don't think it's themselves. just Hayden either it's no. Colback and a few, well most of our central midfield at the moment just seems afraid to try anything and maybe Hayden's the wrong person to pick out for that but I still think we need to be more multifaceted. You can't just be square balls, pass it back, give it to somebody else. But then, uh, again, I'm, I'm, uh, what you'd want is for, your, for, for Hayden to have the, the license to make the, the square passes and to pass it back and stuff like that. Be the breakup, be the, be the destroyer of the opposition's moves. And then for his central midfield partner to be... It should, Shelby should be looking always... His first... His first move should be looking forward, who can he pick out? And when you've got players like Gale and Perez, Gale at the very least should be mobile and he's not he's not making enough moves, he's not making enough clever runs for Shelby to then find. Because like I say, Shelby's not the player that will dictate where the guy runs by yeah. playing a ball. He's the kind of guy that 
if the man makes the run, he could probably find it. But that's why I'd like to see Shelby further forward. You look at the way we play, and it's whoever's going to be the most creative is receiving the ball in our half, and mm. you've, you're looking for Dwight Gale 50 yards away. And you, you, it's too much pressure to put on yourself. You have to play a perfect 50-yard ball to have an attack. Like, we're just not doing the simple attacking things. If we've got a, a big striker, and I think that we need somebody um, as well as Mitrovic, because yeah. um, I don't think we can rely on Mitrovic being available for the next... 38 games or however many he's going to actually be available for because he won't be because he'll pick up a knock or he'll pick up a red card or, or a yellow yeah. card bite someone's face off. bite someone's yeah. face off we need like another big lump because that moves the game it moves the game 10 yards forward even if it's just because Paul Dummett hasn't got the ability to, to run past the player so he knocks it long and the ball sticks up there because currently yeah. ball's just not sticking and then when we play forward um, with short passes, with like five, ten yard passes, the opposition is camped in and ready to soak up our, our, our pressure. Yeah. So we've Well, if got, you're playing against us at the moment, you realise all you have to do is just put pressure on the strikers and the midfielders. So the ball's further back, we have to play long balls up to someone like to Gale, someone, who yeah. you know you can mark. I don't think just having a target man fixes it. We shouldn't no. just be a long ball team. The midfielders need to start doing more. Yeah. But if you have Mitrovic, suddenly, I think four four two might be a better system to try when he's back. I think Gale's suddenly more of a problem when Mitrovic is alongside him and each centre-back has a problem to deal with. Absolutely. But if you've got two fairly decent, quite big centre-backs against Marcus Gale you just going to Dwight Gale Dwight Gale which one's Marcus Gale Marcus Gale is um, is he Wimbledon from the 90s or Charlton no we could hang probably on there's Michelle Gale Michelle Gale was in <laughs> EastEnders yep and there's hang on Gale Bigger and Marner Gale Bigger Marcus Gale there's Marcus Bent well is there a Marcus? anyway yeah okay so I mean I'd quite like to see us play 4-4-2. 4-4-2, I know it's sort of old-fashioned, but it seems to me like you're sort of backing yourself that actually we're just a better team. Yeah. With 4-4-2, we're like... And in theory, we are in terms of the standard of 4-2-3-1 feels very negative for the, us in the championship. Yeah. i tell you who we, I'd like to see us sign, and I, I think uh, I heard you say earlier on, uh, on our way to the podcast... Paul, that you agree with me, uh, Peter Crouch. Yeah, fact, I think you... as much for the dressing room as on the pitch as well. Just feels for the like bants. We... Well, it just feels like we need a sort of older head in there. If you're looking at the people we're expecting to lead the team on the field, it's Lascelles, it's Hayden, Hanley. Yeah, and they're all you know they're all they're all young. They're all young, and they've all got like uh, quote unquote experience in the championship. But like you say, they're all mm. young experience in the championship yeah I, I wouldn't be averse to, to Peter Crouch but I, I could I see Peter Crouch coming to Newcastle and just sort of being a jolly for him yeah but like he's sort of at the end of his career and he's like I think it would be like, more like Peter Lovencrans where he'd, he'd get some good goals and it I think it just needs someone to not panic and just to say to the team like we are better than these this will be fine I think a lot of players are still playing at their highest level we do need some Older heads. I worry about mm. Lascelles, whether he's sort of at the moment been spending... Because he's been made captain, he's been spending so much time on his 
post-match interview technique, <laughs> yeah, which is excellent. That he's forgetting to defend. To defend. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think he'll come good as well, but it's just it's unfortunate that it's starting this way because it's it just drains the confidence out of players, and that seems to happen. It just gets the crowd on their backs. Suddenly, everyone's going like, "Well, should he be captain? Should he be in the team?" So. Another question. Someone else, should he be captain? Should he be in the team? He was captain briefly at the end of last season. Sissoko wasn't in the squad. Is he gone? He must, I assume if he wasn't in the squad, that means he's, he's still going? Well, he came back for pre-season training late as well, obviously, because he was in the finals yes. of the Euros. Because he's one of the top players in the world. Well, in his head. In the Euros. In, in his agent's head. He was a... Good in the Euros, the Euros, he was one of the best players in the tournament, probably, right? Yeah. 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 But, but then nobody's put an offer in for like, him. There's, there's, there's quotes in the paper from, from Sissoko saying that he's waiting for a, a bid from Real Madrid and he, he wants to play for a, a massive club and he wants to Cool. The only people who actually seem genuinely interested are Crystal Palace, who finished the season, last season in the bottom half of the Premier League, who... They're the, they're the ones who are going to put in the bid and it's going to be 25 to 30 million pounds because they've suddenly now got that because Everton have bought Yannick Balassi from them. Like, and they're all, they're all loaded, all the Premier League clubs at the moment. They're all buying yeah. people for 30 million suddenly. But like Musa Sissoko, even if he stays, he's not going to really add anything to the, to the, to the championship campaign because oh, he's going to be he's, he, nah, he's going to sulk every game the only games he's going to get up for will be Aston Villa at home that's it he's still he's still class I think he's still our best player now by more of a distance bearing in mind who we've sold I, I just think he could tear the championship apart I understand like the way he's conducted himself but I think if a bid doesn't come in that's acceptable, he will go, I'm pretty sure of that. Sure but if will. a bid doesn't come in, he'll sulk for a bit, but then you realise after that that you're just not going to get selected. Suddenly, yeah. What is that? Sorry, noise? I don't know what the fuck is going on. We seem no. to be recording in a sound effects um, <laughs> booth. So there was, a, there was a, a phone call or a buzzer or something, and now is there a drill outside? <laughs> not is that sure. what's going on? I think there's some sort of motorbike or something that's amazing okay it's fine but yeah I think clearly Sissoko's our best player Mm. like you look at the problems if Matt Ritchie if we had Matt Ritchie on one wing and Moose Sissoko on the other wing that would be enough to win us games yeah I'm fairly confident but I don't think we can afford to at the moment say don't pick him because of the way he's carrying no 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 no. I just mean I I think even if you pick him you pick him up That's track four on the sound effects tape. <laughs> if, if, you, if you pick him ahead of like, um, if you pick him ahead of Richie or something like that, and you pick him away at, I don't, God, that like you pick him away at Leeds, he's he's an empty shirt. So I don't think he's going to add. Like, yes, I'm not saying don't pick him at all because he's clearly a good footballer. He's clearly a Premier League footballer. He's clearly one of the most talented footballers at our club currently. But I don't think we gain anything. Like he's gone. So let's just. Let's just accept that. All right, well, let's... Because I'm such a big fan of percentages. Paul, what do you think the percentage chance is that Sissoko has played his last game for Newcastle? Last game? He could play on Wednesday against Reading. Yes. I'd say 85. 85%. But I'd say I'm 95% sure he'll go 
before the end, the end of the transfer tra- okay. window. Dave? 100. 100% from Dave. Ooh. What about well, that's you? Like 100%, that is absurd. This makes Wednesday's cool. team news interesting. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100% he, he's not going to play for Newcastle United ever again. Right, Ooh. okay. I think that... This, this I've, season. You've... <laughs> <laughs> not even in a testimonial. <laughs> Uh, okay, right. Well, I, I, I think 80%. I think 100% is absurd. It's, it's just a ridiculous thing to say. It's not. He's in the squad yeah. Wednesday. Is he definitely in He's the being squad? considered. But, well, that's right. not the same thing. But you're, saying well, a, yeah, you're saying 100% that a guy who is currently on the books of our football club, you're 100% sure that he'll never play for us again. Yes. You're an idiot, mate. (laughs) I'm not an idiot. It makes sense. Your ball's out, Dave. Ball's out. I mean, I'd I'd take 99%, but 100%? Jesus. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, continuing on the quizzing, Dave, front. Sure. (laughs) You retweeted a lot of things on Saturday, I think, uh, to do with flags. Yeah. Explain to me, what the fuck is... Why were there so many tweets about flags? Uh, so there's a... <laughs> Where have you been all summer, Fergus? What is this flags thing? So essentially it's, a, it's a, uh, a thing set up by a bunch of Newcastle fans who felt that the, um, the atmosphere was gone from St. James's. There wasn't the, the, there wasn't the same feeling when you got, get into the ground. So what they did is they've... They bought a load of flags. <laughs> bought a load of flags. Yeah, they've uh, they've crowdsourced a lot of money. They bought something like five hundred flags from half past two, like half an hour before kickoff. They were they were in the ground. They were singing and chanting and waving flags and stuff. And they were building the the atmosphere so that when the game kicked off, there was there was a lot of excitement. There was a lot of anticipation. There was really great atmosphere. Um, unfortunately, Cause flags because everyone likes flags, don't they? It's a display. It did look it? very impressive. It looked, like, I know I'm being seen... facetious, yeah, but I just are. find it funny that like, but it, everyone's getting excited about flags. But it was so good. I donated to it, so I felt sort of did you? Yeah, so did I. You flags. both donated to flags. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's called Gallagate at Gallagate at flags. Gallagate flags, isn't it? And okay. does it have to be a Newcastle flag? Can I bring any flag I want? No, you <laughs> can have a Newcastle flag. Because <laughs> I've got. <laughs> what flag are you going to turn up with? Well, I've got some. World War Two memorabilia. <laughs> okay. Hang on, from which side? <laughs> right. Okay, well, I think I'm not going to follow through with that. Improv. Yeah, I think we've got enough. Okay. I mean, I'm just. No, but I, I, I you think know, it's, I've it's, seen it's when really you good. look at German football matches, they like the flags, don't they? That well, I think that's good. sort of part of the idea behind it is to kind of go for a version of the the yellow wall that Dortmund mm. have. And just, I, like, if, have that's you seen, all pageantry before a game. I'm looking at a picture of it now, Dave. Yeah, like You must have seen the, the, all the videos I was retweeting. The atmosphere, just watching those one and a half minute, two minute clips, it does get, like, it did get me going. It did excite me. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know why I, find I, was, it, I don't know why I find it so funny. Just like... It's just a flag. Yeah, but it was... Why not, why not kites? <laughs> Get into kites. But it was... I think, I think it was... I don't know. Yeah, so but then impressive. you can say, why clap your hands at the football? It's true. It's like, but there's like, equally absurd things. Yeah, just, no. I, I like know. it. I, I, but I wouldn't I necessarily hope. donate to a campaign to like have more clapping. I would. I would you? Okay. Yeah. I, I think anything that gets a little bit of atmosphere back at the ground, because... As long as it's not those clapper things. That oh, no, 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 no. But... It, so what it was, it was before the game, and then when the game kicked off, they they stopped 
flying the flags because it can annoy a lot of people if you're trying to watch the game and there's this <laughs> like, yeah, flag, in your, flag in your face. So they stop there. And they're planning some like uh, another thing to, just before the Reading kickoff uh, on Wednesday. They're, they're saying get in there, get into the ground early, get in the ground half an hour early, build a build the atmosphere so that when the players come out, there's a there's a positive atmosphere instead of this like because the, the the these days honestly like half the people at the game just stand there with their arms, sit there with their arms folded waiting to be entertained. They don't get the crowd up. Can't, uh, you can't fold your arms when you've got a flag in your hand, can you? No, it's well. Not no, not comfortably. Not a big one. No. no. So I'm all behind it. I, I I would advocate okay. everybody that listens to this this podcast to get a flag, donate to it. And if you're in the area, go there early. Be part of it. Be part of the the group that is trying to get some atmosphere back in St James's Park. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, I'm just poo-pooing it just because it's fun. <laughs> you seem to find something inherently funny with the idea of flags. I don't know. I, don't... I think you were. Were you involved in a sort of dark semaphore incident as a child? <laughs> yeah. That's what's done it to you. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just do find it quite funny. Just, but yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> they're still booed at full time, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but and the, the, but again, there's there's still very high expectations. I oh think God, again, yeah. these two defeats might not be the worst thing for us in a way to realise that we're not going to win every game in the championship. And we will actually have to try as much for the players as the fans, just to recalibrate expectations. Yeah, well, I'm coming from us. That's something. There's now a hundred percent chance that we won't win every game in the championship. Yeah, yeah. So the next game, yes. will we win this game? Wednesday night at home to Reading. Ooh. Yap Stam's Reading as well. Another well, Champions League winner. Well, they're a team that, that play, they, they like to play possession football. They like to um, try and. They play, similar to ourselves, they, they like to play like a, a, a compact game. But then they came up against Wolves who pressed them high, who played a high intensity, and Wolves beat them 2 0. And I expect that if we attack them as Wolves did, we're better than Reading, man for man. We do seem to be the epitome of low intensity football at the moment. Though. That's that's my biggest concern because it seems. What's to... the opposite of Gagan pressing? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we came up against with um, uh, Huddersfield. That's yeah. like I said. I said ages ago. Like um, as soon as they started making the signings, I was saying that Huddersfield are going to be a dark horse this this championship season. They might not have enough in terms of quality to to. You know, get automatic promotion or even get into the playoffs, but they were, you know, they were they were um, relegation candidates last season, and they're not going to be that this season. They're going to do a lot better because the players they've signed are really clever. Uh, sorry, like it, it, it's clever signings, and the um, the managers. He's really not just really brainy players. No, 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 not just like times like crossword pub quiz yeah, team. Yeah. I like but, just signed a team of. Um... <laughs> Got in it. What's the name of the footballer who went on countdown? Oh, uh, Keith, oh Clark. Clark Carlisle. Clark Carlisle. Clark Carlisle. Um, now, against Reading, I think it'll be a turgid affair. I really do. I think yeah. it's going to be super boring because I think both teams are just going to sit off each other and wait for the other to make a defensive mistake. And it could go either way. Honestly, I'm going 1 1. I used to like, go on. Go I'd, I'd just like to see us. Go for it a bit more. Even if 
You don't mind losing if you at least try and play football, but the first two games we've had, we seem content to have just waited to see what happens and react to what the other team do. Well, that's one thing about Rafa Benitez. You, you do associate him with a uh, high win ratio, but you don't mm. necessarily associate him with entertaining football, do, do no. you really? Not necessarily entertaining football, but just going for the actual initiative, trying to take the initiative and dominate the game rather than just trying to have possession. I think they're two very different things. Uh, Yapstam, the new manager of Reading. Mm -hmm. I always quite liked Yapstam. Yeah. Yip, yap, Yapstam. That was the Dutch chant for him. Yip, yap, Yapstam. I remember being in a bar. Are they deaf? Well? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, being in a bar with some Dutch men. I kept on doing that. So yip, tell yip, us yip, more yip. about your. Uh, you're in this bar with these Dutch men. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Well, I. I what went did home they do to you was... with flags? <laughs> <laughs> I was. Let's just say I was in a bar with some Dutch men, and at the end of that night, I was able to pay my gas bill. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, Yapstam, I remember seeing him when he played for Man U, getting a big old gash in his forehead and having stitches done when he was on the bench, getting his stitches done. I and like not And like not blinking. It was just, it was just so hard. He seems quite hard. Yeah. Yeah. New, uh, Alex Ferguson always said that was his biggest mistake, yes. was letting Yapstam go. Maybe as like a show of power to intimidate us on Wednesday night, he'll be having his head stitched up during the game. <laughs> I hope not so. not flinching. I hope so. So, uh, you predict 1-1, one, one, Dave. Yeah, I think it's going to be... Continue the underwhelming yeah. start to the season. There'd be a point, so there'd be at least a little bit yeah. of whelm. Uh, <laughs> Paul, what do you reckon? 2-0 nil win. 2-0 nil win, yeah, win really. to Newcastle. Yeah, I think we'll... We'll can, I, can I just We've got to win a game at some point because we're already six points off the top, right? <laughs> yeah, but then Norwich have only got four points, and Villa have only got three points. We're not like too far yeah, away. But there from... are t teams other than the ones who've just been relegated. Yeah, but, but what I think I mean well, they're you... going to be the favourites to go back up. I think if you look at the Huddersfield game as well, there was that Dwight Gale chance after about five minutes that he should have scored, and, and the Richie just... chance. Yeah, you just think if one of those goes in, suddenly. We've shown it before with half the players we've got last season. We're very much a confidence team. Mm. So if, if a chance goes in early, I think we'll easily win. But it's, I just think we'll I sort of has to, doesn't have to turn soon. It's probably a bit too difficult to say I think we'll win, but I just think we will. And okay. I've also, also got to say that like the, the, the officiating of, of both the, the games have been so bad. Just so many fouls that haven't been given... That's maybe, the championship, maybe, yeah, I was going to say maybe it's because well, I'm used to the Premier League. But then, what will happen is when Diame, who's not afraid to put himself about a bit, when if like Jesus, if Tiote comes back in the fold because nobody comes in for him, if when if well when Mitrovic comes back in, we'll have physical players who can put themselves about a bit and get away with more than they would do in the Premier. Feels League. Feels like a division where Mitrovic's reds are suddenly. Yellows. Yellows or ambers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think he might be able to test that theory. Yeah. <laughs> I think he'll def I would put my life on him getting red carded this season, but yeah. still. No, 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 he he will get a red card. But then I just think that with with the, the number of games that we have left, 
and the the players that we've got yet to come back into the fold that we already own and the additions that we're supposed to make i don't think it's far too, it's far too early to to be panicking yeah. about like yes it's a disappointing start but Fulham game we could have had a couple of penalties the Huddersfield game I honestly think they're a dark horse and they're being written off by a lot more people than they should be because I think they're a lot better than they are they're, than they um, are it would be nice to, to be. see a plan B though because at the yes. moment it feels like we need Mitrovic to come back for this long ball game to start working I think we need either Mitrovic or a better person in the centre of the park who can actually hold like can dictate yeah. the play but with and the I, amount of games we've got to come the amount of squad rotation you need in the championship and the fact that Mitrovic will almost certainly miss games we can't as a club be in a position where if he's not available then we aren't going to win but then I look at the uh, so if because I'm expecting us to make a couple of signings and have players coming into form and stuff like that so if Mitrovic is missing I expect the centre of the midfield the left back and the right winger that we might have to, yeah. to make up for that well, you'd and hope Diame will bed in and yeah. start to get his match fitness up a bit because I think Hull's pre-season was pretty calamitous anyway. oh my god yeah well, I hope we start winning because otherwise <laughs> yeah. this well, podcast is just going to be the same as this podcast has been for like the last two years, which is a gradual, uh, gradual despondency and uh, increasing of how much we sound delusional. Just trying to convince yeah. ourselves that like, well, actually, I mean, they actually look quite good this season. <laughs> and I think, that, I think you'll find that when Sanso comes back, then, uh, 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 oh, well, we're relegated. But I think as well, if you look at the end of last season, we were saying, like, it might actually be quite good fun in the Championship because at least we'll win games. Yeah, well, that's not fucking (laughs) coming to fruition yet, has it? But you predict 2-0, Paul. Dave, you predicted 1-1. Yep. I'm going to predict 1-0. Two. Based on nothing. 1-0, well, do I have to choose a team? (laughs) I'm going to say 1-0 to Newcastle United FC. Uh, Speaking of predicting football... Uh, those of you seamless oh that was a segue that was beautiful well done you can tell he's a pro (laughs) yes I am the next Tim Lovejoy (laughs) yes mate yes he's my hero James (laughs) Uh, speaking of predicting football if you listened to the podcast last week uh, we're doing something this season called Fan Duel Google it (laughs) Fan Duel suddenly not so seamless Fan Duel is a it's fantasy football but you only have to do it week by week and you pay like two quid or seven quid, or there's different entry fees for different prices. It's basically gambling. But you, you pick your side and you compete against other people uh, for the chance to win prizes. And uh, you do it with a premiership. And because we're not in the premiership, we're able to look at it objectively, which gives us, as Newcastle fans, a massive advantage. Uh, the promo code is Toon Army. Uh, Toon is spelt T-O-O-N. <laughs> really going for the fans who don't know much about the club, <laughs> yeah. aren't you? How do you uh, spell army? Uh, A-R-M-Y, Dave. Okay, thank you. So get on that. And in keeping with uh, what is now Newcastle Natter tradition and will be from now until the end of time, what do you think, Paul, is the percentage chance of us going down? 4%. Four percent. Okay, I said five percent last podcast. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say six percent now. Reactionary. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. You you are supposed to react to things that happen in life. Otherwise, you end up just getting hit by cars all day. <laughs> Dave, uh, what is your percentage? 
I think, think I said one percent last time. I'm gonna say one percent this time. One percent. We're not okay. I, I'm, we already get know. hit by a car. Yeah. Yeah. We, all know, we already know. We're all not right. gonna go down. Right. Well, big clubs do go down. Right. I used to go and watch. I used to go and watch Leighton Orient, right? And you know who, in League One, you know who I saw at Leighton Orient? Leeds, Nottingham Forest, mm-hmm. Norwich, loads of big clubs. So, like, there's a chance that we'll go down. We have just lost the first two games of the season. Oh, that's why I said there's a chance. Yeah. One, We've only played two games. Right. But, yeah. Right, I don't think we're going to go down. Right. Dave, what do you think is the percentage chance of us uh, being promoted? Uh... 90%? 90%. I think that's what you said uh, last week, Paul. 80. 80, that's what I said last week. I'm going to say 78. <laughs> 78%. Uh, reactionary. That is good. That is good. I am reacting. Are you going to be saying that in March when we've lost every game? Or are you just reacting to the results of the football matches? No, I'll, I'll change position. Right, because well, then you're reactionary. <laughs> no, you just different. react. <laughs> it'll be very different. If you're not reacting... I'll make a considered change of stance. Yeah. If you're not reacting to what's happening in the football, then what are you doing on based on fucking... There's a time to react, though. I think it's like... There's a time to react. It's like (laughs) looking at the league table after a few games. You sort of wait till there's been the first eight before you make decisions. There's a time to react. Sure. Well, I still think we'll get promoted. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I did predict in the last podcast that we would finish the league second yes and I, I, that, that is still my prediction yes second you still predict first I presume Dave yeah Paul what, we didn't hear this from you last week what is your uh, predicted final place for Newcastle I don't really mind as long as we go up <laughs> we'll just say one first <laughs> first right thank you Jesus it's like blood from a stone yeah okay well listen guys thank you very much for listening and uh, we'll, at least one of us will be here next week. Do we want to predict the game on the weekend as well? Or just oh, the, yeah. R- yeah, let's do that because we won't be here for the game on uh, Saturday. Mm-hmm. I think we'll have a lot of momentum from the 2-0 Reading win. Yeah. Yeah, so. that's entirely with your prediction. Let's just look up who we are playing <laughs> on Saturday. <laughs> Kind of filthy there. Did you? Does anyone else know who we're playing on Saturday? Oh, it's Bristol, isn't it? It's Bristol, isn't it? Yeah, but it's you away. are loading an app there make, just to just double to check. Make, just to make sure, I'm pretty sure it's it Bristol, Bristol away. City away. Yeah, Bristol, Bristol City, City away. away. Okay, yeah, correct. Bristol, well done. Bristol City away on Saturday. Does anyone know anything about British <laughs> Bristol City? It's sliming, uh, sliming rang, rhyming slang for boobs. That's about all I know. Okay, yeah, Bristol City. I assume David James doesn't still play for them. No, no. <laughs> Last I heard, he was playing for Kerala in India. So <laughs> right, no. okay. Bristol City, well, I'll go 2-0 based on fuck all. Well, we'll be away, actually, so I'll go 1-1. Yeah, I think our away record, it may come too soon. I think I might join you in 1-1. Dave? <laughs> 2-1. 2-1 to Newcastle? Yeah. yeah. I think we're going to take uh, momentum away from the 1-1 draw with Reading. <laughs> And, uh, turn that into a win. and turn that into a win away to Bristol. Okay. I think it's fair to say that this season's podcast might be uh, low on expertise in some podcasts. But judging by uh, the second half of this one, 
high on passive aggression from me. <laughs> we'll make up for it with enthusiasm as well. Let's yes. not get too downbeat after two games. No, let's still, not. Let's not. Everything's still fine. We're not panicking. The sun's still out. Yeah. Charlotte de Dujan. De Jardin. Yeah. De Jardin is just... <laughs> one gold. One gold. And the horse prancing. Yeah, good for her. To Charlotte! <laughs> Thank you very much, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.